Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Kind Father, we pray right now. We want more of you, more of your forgiveness, more of your grace, more of your friendship, more of your new morning mercies, more of your wisdom and truth to guide us on our journeys. We want more. And our prayer right here, right now, as we've shown up to this place, I pray that we wouldn't just kind of ho-hum go through the motions, but that something supernatural, something very real would happen in these moments when we open your word and listen to it. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. And give us hearts that are tender and responsive to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thanks for being with us today. My name is John Ireland, and uh, so fun to be here. Man, we got a lot of people here today. What a, what a good decision to come to church and uh, I want to start by making some statements. See if you can fill in the blank where this is headed. You can be very pretty and very sexy and very handsome and still be, you can be wealthy, you can be, you can live in Montecito, 93108, you can have lots of friends and still be, you can be famous. You can have thousands of friends on Facebook or Instagram. And you can still be lonely. Lonely. Loneliness. Mother Teresa has this very famous quote. The most terrible poverty is loneliness. And the feeling of being un loved. And you know, since the book of Genesis, the fall of creation, I believe that that loneliness has become a universal experience. There's not a person in this room in a moment of honest kind of reflection, every one of us would say, we have moments, we have seasons, we have experiences where we have that gut check and we we can have all we can have a gazillion friends our our bank account can be overflowing we can have you know all, all this stuff that we talked about and still go i feel unwanted how come i wasn't invited to that how could my best friend i thought you were my best friend how can my best friend not come through for me let me down, drive through town and not call me. And we have these experiences that lead us to ask those questions, begin to doubt whether we're as close to that person, that friend that we thought we were. And this morning we're looking at snapshots in the Gospel of John. We're looking at the life of Jesus, and we're into the last week. But before we jump into, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us three reasons this morning for loneliness from three characters in John chapter 18 and 19. But King David, just take us back to Psalm 25, 16. I think we have it on the screen. 
Just remember who David was. David actually had a BFF, Jonathan, and super close friend in his life, his best friend. He was also a leader, a king. He had a lot of people around him that, that were willing to do whatever for him. He had a lot of friends, and he had a lot of wealth and a lot of, a, a lot of influence and impact as a leader. He was an artist. He was a songwriter. He was famous. And he writes these words to God in his journal. It's like a, the form of a prayer. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I'm lonely and afflicted. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. What an honest prayer. I think it's a prayer that uh, most of us would, would say, I, I could pray that prayer sometimes. God, would you turn to me? Would you extend grace to me? Would you be gracious to me? I am lonely. I am afflicted. Let's do a little gut check. A few questions for us. Maybe some of you, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not lonely. I, I'm, too, I, I'm too macho. I'm too brave. I'm too whatever. Here we go. A few gut check questions. Do you use social media as a substitute for connection? Are you in toxic relationships with dishonest, untrustworthy people? To avoid being alone, do you accept emotional or physical abuse? How about this one? Do you excuse the inappropriate behavior of others to keep yourself from being alone? Do you get involved with unsuitable partners to avoid being alone? And then finally, do you agree to do stuff that's against who you are just to stay connected? So if you open your Bibles to John 18 and 19, there are three characters that I'm going to highlight this morning. I'm going to highlight Peter, I'm going to highlight Pilate, and I'm going to highlight Jesus. Peter, Pilate, and Jesus. And from Peter, we, we, we're, we're going to just zero in here just for a couple moments on the loneliness of being a coward. Now, I know that's a strong word, but I chose it intentionally. Have you ever been a coward? Here we see in the Gospel of John... Chapter 18, verses 15 to 18, and 25 and 27, and I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to actually read verse 17. Jesus has been arrested. Peter has kind of followed him, gotten into the courtyard. And this woman in verse 17, it says, The woman asked Peter, You're not one of that man's, referring to Jesus, you're not one of that man's disciples, are you? To which Peter replied, no, I am not. Denying him, caving into the pressure of being identified, related to, connected to, a friend of, don't know that guy, uh-uh. Afraid to step up and stand up for and with Jesus in that moment. Then you skip down to verse 27 He's asked a second time, he's asked a third time, and in verse 27, it says this, again, Peter denied it. Not once, not twice, three times. So where did brave Peter go? Where's the bold, brash, courageous Peter who just cut that one dude's ear off last week we were looking at? Where did he go? This courageous Peter who said, he would die for Jesus, but now in this moment, he's not willing to live for Jesus. And I wonder if some of us can be bold and brave. Oh, I would die for my faith, and yet Jesus isn't asking you to die for him. He's asking you to live for him. And sometimes living for him is a whole lot harder than dying for him, and, and that's where we find Peter. Avoiding the 
pain, the difficulty, the danger. He caves under pressure, no backbone, no spine. Have you ever been there in a situation? No backbone, no spine, caving into your fear to have that really hard, difficult conversation, to stand up for yourself, to stand up for your kids, to stand against a bully. I remember, uh, it's funny how our cowardly moments they mark us. They shape us. For good or for bad. They can, they can destroy us by, by, by crushing who we become as people because we beat ourselves up, right? If you've ever had a cowardly moment, you beat yourself up. You go into that self-pity, I can't believe I did this. I want a do-over. I mean, I, I think of one of my most cowardly moments, and, and, and here it is decades later. I was in high school. Skyline High School, Oakland, California, sophomore year. The wrestling team didn't have somebody on the team that could wrestle in the under 95-pound weight class. <laughs> hey, Ireland, you want to be on the wrestling team? You can get a letterman's jacket. We don't have anybody under 95. I said, oh, hey, man, okay, right on, I'll do it. I didn't know anything about wrestling. So I, I'm on the wrestling team going through the training and stuff, and I go to my first tournament at Oakland. I think it was Oakland Tech or Oakland High School. And they have this big board, tournament board, and, and it shows who you're supposed to wrestle. And in the first match... I go up, and I, I don't know who it is, so I, I go to my coach, and I say, hey, who, who, do I got, who do I got here in the first round, my first match? And he says, I'll never forget it, he says, he won the uh, state championship last year. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. So my, my friend Rusty was there. He came to support me, and... I go back and, and, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm gonna, I gotta wrestle this guy? And here's what, here's what I did. Went up to the coach. I think I got the flu, coach. <laughs> I think I just, I'm not feeling good. I don't think I can do it. I just don't think I can do it. He's like, are you sure? Man, we need you out there. I go, no, I, I, I can't do it. And I quit. I quit before I even started. <laughs> and I will never, oh, I hate that moment of my story. I felt like such a coward. And I remember as a 15-year-old kid just beating myself up. But I also remember reflecting on it as much as a 15-year-old reflects, but thinking, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person in my life. And so it also became a teachable moment. What is it about being a coward and loneliness, that connection? Because nobody can rescue from it. When you feel cowardly, it's a lonely feeling. It cuts deep because you caved in, you quit, you shrunk back, you didn't speak up, you didn't show up. And how appropriate. I want you to memorize Psalm 25, verse 16. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. I needed that prayer as a 15-year-old. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Because we're not gracious to ourselves when we're cowards. We beat ourselves up. And we can go into a downward spiral of insecurity, lacking confidence, and now we don't try, we don't step up, we cave into our fears, and it could become our story. We're just, we just become people who are shaped by our fears. Here's, here's the second character, it's Pilate. Let's look, at lon uh, let's look at loneliness through the lens of Pilate's life, and I'm calling it the loneliness of leadership. 
John 19. And then Pilate tried to release Jesus, but the Jewish leaders shouted, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar's. Verse 16, then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. Pilate was a people pleaser. He was a people pleaser. He was the governor, the Roman governor of Judea. And yet in this moment, he abandons Jesus to the mob because he didn't have the courage to make the right decision. He didn't have the courage. He didn't have the spine. He didn't have the backbone to do the right thing as a leader. And you lose respect for yourself when that happens. And there's leaders all over this auditorium. If you're a school teacher, you're a leader. If you're a small business owner, you're a leader. If you're a parent, you're a leader. I have, uh, many of you know I like to collect quotes. And this quote is in my little excavation, Quotes and Questions. Herbert Swope said, I cannot give you the formula for success, but I can give you the formula for failure which is try to please everybody. Now, if you're a leader, that's a gut check for you because those of us that are leaders, we want to be liked. I want all of you to like this sermon. I want all of you to think I'm a good leader and pastor. And every Sunday I look out and there's somebody going like this. <laughs> Darn it. What is it about leadership that, you know, they say it's lonely at the top because you're, you're, you're carrying the weight of responsibility. You're, you're making decisions that can and will impact other people, both positively but also negatively, right? The fear of people not liking you, the fear of people leaving the church because they don't like the direction we're going. Oh, please stay, you know. And, and, and you guys know it. I've talked about it. Most of you know. I mean, over the last two, three years with the political climate, you know, we got one side going, you, you need to post more on Instagram, man. We got we to gotta talk more about Black Lives Matter and this and that. And it's like, Okay, and then, you know, feeling like you're getting punched in the face here, and then you're over here, and it's like, you gotta, and it's just, and being a leader in ministry, and not just in ministry, in the workplace and in politics and everything, it can be lonely. It can be lonely. I remember... One of my, uh, one of, I'll just share this story with you of it kind of it kind of ties into both being a coward but also being a leader there there was a couple of guys in our church several years ago that we're going to do a business deal together and i had a guy come up to me and he said hey there's somebody in your church and he owes me a hundred grand and you're the pastor of this church so it's your job to get me that hundred grand what? That's what he said. I'm like, why, why is that my job, man? It is. It's your job. You're the, you're the shepherd of the sheep. You're the pastor of the flock. You got to go get that money. And I remember then he said this, and if you, get, if you get me that money, I'll give you 50 grand. I'm like, well, don't give me that 50 grand. Now that guy only owes you 50 grand because I just gave you the 50 grand you were going to give me. <laughs> That's what I said. I actually stood up for myself. And I will never forget the moment we were, I, I'm scarred. I, it's hard for me to go into Starbucks and Montecito over there because this is where that conversation happened. I remember the table I was sitting at and he stood up and he said, you effing coward. You are not a pastor. You, are a, you don't know how to walk with men. You are an effing coward. And I remember going home, and I was shaking. I was just like feeling abused by this bully. 
But I was, I was also, it's kind of going back to that high school story. I, I felt like I stood up for myself, like, you know what? No, I'm not going to be who you want me to be. I'm going to be who God wants me to be. And I'm not my job to go do that for you. But there's this kind of loneliness that creeps in when you're carrying weight, right? You guys know this. Carrying the weight of your kids when you're a leader in the home and you watch your kids and they're not doing well in school or they don't have friends or you're a small business owner and you got to fire somebody and that impacts. There's a loneliness and Pilate, I know he experienced that loneliness. I love this quote. Ruth Haley Barton, one of my authors that I read, uh, read most of her books. She says this, any leader who cannot endure profound levels of loneliness will not last long. To grapple with our loneliness brings us face to face with the reality that we will never be fully satisfied by anything that is of this earth. We have tried. We have endured much. We have spent years running here and there and everywhere trying to prove ourselves. We have sacrificed, stretched, worked hard, and maybe even achieved something of substance and significance. But it does not satisfy this loneliness of soul. And it just takes me back to Psalm 25, 16. Say it out loud with me. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. And then this brings us to Jesus, the loneliness of suffering alone, John 19. And then Pilate, he turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. And so they took Jesus away. And then notice the next five words. They jumped out at me this week. Carrying the cross by himself. He went to the place called the place of the skull in Hebrew, Golgotha. And there they nailed him to the cross. Carrying the cross by himself. There's a loneliness in suffering alone, all by himself, all by yourself, all by myself. Where, where are his friends in this moment? They've abandoned him. They've deserted him. They've denied him. He's all alone. He's doing the right thing, sacrificing his life, enduring suffering, and loneliness for you and for me. And this idea, this week I was just thinking about it, it is lonely to endure pain, to suffer alone. It's lonely. Jesus understands that. That's part of his story. We read it here. And you may be in a place in your life where you say, I, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to suffer alone. I've lost a, a parent, a child, a partner. I've suffered through postpartum anxiety and depression. I'm in an abusive relationship or I've been abused or I've been bullied or I am being bullied at work. I've been publicly or privately humiliated. I flopped a sermon, a song, an interview. I just moved to Santa Barbara. I'm in this kind of extreme season of transition, separation. I'm facing extreme opposition at work. Suffering alone. And David reminds us in Psalm 25, 16, say it out loud with me. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. 
Okay, real quick, just, so how do we battle it? How do we overcome it? And I, I, I'm not going to give you the, uh, the, the, the three easy methods of overcome. I, I think it's universal. If you have not faced loneliness or you're not currently in a space of loneliness, just wait. <laughs> just wait. You'll be there. We're either in it, coming out of it, or about to enter into it. I mean, it's just part of the normality of life. It doesn't mean you don't have friends. I got lots of friends. I got close friends. And I still have bouts of loneliness. And you do too. And so more autobiographically, as I think about my own journey, just a few reflections that are helping me. And, and I just want to say, I've, I've, I framed it this way. It takes some work. <laughs> to overcome, it's going to take some work, some soul work. Some deeper work. Some spiritual work. One of the things I like to do is reflect on the why. Rather than medicate my pain through binging Netflix or alcohol or shopping or social media or sex or... How about pausing and rather than medicating your pain or my pain, how about we ask God? God, would you show me? why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling? How about journal? Some of you, I don't journal. In fact, I have my journal here this morning. I was going to bring it up. Man, I, just, I carry my journal with me everywhere. Sit in the car, go down to the beach, sit at home with my coffee with my wife, and I just reflect. It's a spiritual practice to reflect, to examine your life, to think about why why am I having this pity party that I didn't, I saw on Instagram that there was a party and I wasn't invited. Why does that hurt so much? Write it down. Make it a prayer. Turn to me, God. Be gracious to me because I'm feeling lonely that I wasn't invited or included or that my best friend let me down or betrayed me or turned her back on me or didn't come through for me. I was talking to this father of the bride. This was in the last year. I don't know. This, this isn't in my notes. It's just one of those John Ireland audibles. Um, this, <laughs> this dad, we were, we were sitting there having a glass of wine, and we were talking about friendship and business and uh, friends letting you down. And, I, and this is what he said to me. I, I just couldn't. He said, here's what I, and he had, a, he had an accent. He was from Dallas. He said, uh, he said, Reverend Ireland, let me tell you what I do. He said, uh, I sit down with my friends and I said, I, I, I need you to step up for me right now. And uh, if you step up and help me right now, I'll never forget it. And if you don't, I'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I never forgot that. And I thought, you know what? Now that's not biblical, by the way, <laughs> advice. But there is a truth in it. There is a truth in when people step up for you and help you, your friend, you never forget it. And when they don't show up for you, when they let you down, you never forget it. Reflect on the why. The why. What does God want to teach me or say to me? in my loneliness, in these circumstances that are, seem to be causing me to feel disconnected, unwanted, invisible, forgotten, alone. It hurts. It's painful. Write, reflect that. Second thing is, reach out and invest in building closer friendships. Reach out means initiate. How about you invite? How about you be interested in others rather than hoping people will be interested in you? I was reading this week and, and uh, I read this article. I can't remember the title of it, but it was all on empathy and, and, 
And people that are empathetic, which... <laughs> front row down here, my family and friends are laughing just, <laughs> but people that are empathetic, they have close relationships because <laughs> they actually care, right? I mean, there's, there's this kind of, and, and, and this, for me, it is a growth area of, of becoming more <laughs> empathetic. <laughs> but friendship is, is born out of caring, Right? In fact, uh, this week I was, uh, I have a, a few different groups that I'm part of, but this, this one group, we just had such a special time this week. And, and this is how I like to describe friendship. Real friends, here, here's, here's, here's the phrase I like to use, they let you in. They let you in. So who am I letting in? Who are you letting in? If you're not letting anybody into the real who you are, you're going to feel like they don't really know me because I haven't let them in. So part of this battle with the journey of loneliness is letting others in. It take, means taking a risk. That's a spiritual practice, by the way. You may not think that, but letting others in, being vulnerable, that's, that's actually a spiritual practice. I'm gonna trust God to open my heart and let somebody or let a few guys know that this is, what, this is where I'm hurting. This is where I'm struggling. This is where I'm anxious. And we, we experienced a powerful moment this week. There's like six guys letting each other in. And if you're not in a, in a group, I just want to encourage you. Take a risk. That's a spiritual practice, to take a risk. It's an act of faith. God, I need to join a small group. God, how about, how about join EHR, Emotionally Healthy Relationships. It's a class that we offer. They teach you skills on how to develop healthy relationships. For some of you, that may be the step you need to take. We want everybody in our church to go through emotionally healthy relationships so we can be healthy relational people. And then here's my, my last reflection. Reflect on the why, reach out, invest in closer friendships, but remember the truth. Remember the truth. I want you to know that when, when it seems like God is silent, it doesn't mean that God is absent. Some of you are like, I've been praying about this and God's silent. And then you feel lonely in that. But just because God is silent, it doesn't mean that he's absent. And I love how the apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 4. He said this, the first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. What's he saying? He's lonely. No one came with me. In fact, everyone abandoned me. Pause. Just sit in that. Put yourself in his shoes. You're up against something. You're, you're suffering. You're in pain. You have a challenge in front of you. Brought before the judge. Maybe unfair accusations against you. People are talking crap about you. And you're going, well, where are my friends? Who, who's got my back? Paul says, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. Now, this takes some maturity. His next line, may it not be counted against them. Now, there's a guy freed up from bitterness. And then he writes this, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. That, that, that's a verse you want to underline in your Bible. God will stand with you and give you strength in whatever you're facing today. And then I love Deuteronomy 31. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Who's your them? Don't be afraid or terrified. God's word says, because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. 
nor forsake you. And then again, Psalm 34, 18, David says, if your heart is broken, if your heart is broken, where's God? You'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. So good. And then here's the last verse about remember the truth. You've got to remember these things in those, when you're having those bouts of loneliness. God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. God is the one who will give you strength. And then Romans 8, 28, I think it's just a, a reminder that God has this mighty and marvelous purpose for our situation and our challenges and our pain. When you're in the loneliness, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And we know that in all things, when I'm feeling lonely, God works for the good. God can bring good out of my loneliness. God can teach me something about who I am and where I need to pivot or make changes and grow and mature as a husband, as a dad, as a friend, as a colleague, as a coworker, as a teammate, as a pastor. Are you open? Are you teachable? Are you willing to get feedback to grow and become a healthy person? a life-giving friend. God has a purpose in our pain, in our loneliness, and we have to remember that truth, that he's with us and he'll give us strength. Now, I want to bring us to the table here. I'm so grateful that on the night in which he was betrayed, on the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus turned to his friends and he was gracious to them. He turned to those disciples who he knew were going to abandon him, desert him, deny him, betray him, doubt him. He knew it. And yet, he sat there at the table with them, and he loved them to the very end. And he said, and he took the bread, and he said, he broke it, and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take it and eat it in remembrance of me. And then he took the, the cup of wine. We have grape juice, but he took the wine and he said, this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Take it and drink it in remembrance of him. And so if you're new to church or you're new to the Christian faith, maybe today... Maybe you've never taken communion. Communion is for the person or the people that are willing to trust Christ, that want to be a friend of Jesus, that want to know him and be known by him. And so maybe today is your first communion. You're welcome to come to this table. And you rip off a piece of bread and you dip it in the cup and you receive grace and mercy and forgiveness. All of us have fallen short this week, this month, said that unkind word. We left something we should have done, the loving thing we should have done, we didn't do it. We all have had selfish moments. Today we come and we just, we just are humble and we're honest and we say, God, I'm gonna own that I've fallen short, and I want to be forgiven of that, and I want to walk out in freedom. I don't want to, I don't want to carry guilt. I don't want to, and this is, this is not a table of guilt. This is a table of freedom. If you want to be set free from guilt and shame and sin, you come. Rip off a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and maybe just a whisper prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. If you want to kneel, you can kneel, and then we're going to have the prayer team in the corner. Maybe today you, you just want a blessing over you, or you, you're, you're in a dark place, and you want our prayer team to pray over you. We want to do that. So band come up, prayer team come up, everybody stand up.
Let me pray for us. Maybe open your palms. Make this your prayer. Lord God, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my selfishness, my willfulness, my rebelliousness, my ignorance, my arrogance, my pride. Today I want to be set free. I no longer want to live for myself. I want to live for the sake of others, so I want to come and receive forgiveness, and then I want to receive my commissioning to, to walk out of here on mission to love everyone always. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When you're ready, you're invited to come, and uh, there's, there's uh, places to stand or kneel on both sides of the table. God bless you.
Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my faith will be made stronger In the presence of my Savior Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders And walk upon the Many of you know our, our, our little buddy Desmond who sits down here. He said, John, go up there and give him my keychain and tell him, be a buddy, not a bully. Be a buddy. <laughs> be a buddy. What a great little message. Be a buddy, not a bully. Hey, I want to, um, when I was sharing about my small group this week, it was such a powerful moment, but I, I said to my small group, I said, now, I want to just caution you. You, some of you might have a vulnerability hangover tomorrow. And I love this one guy said, no, 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 no. I'm not worried about that. I feel supported. I feel known. I feel loved. And I was just like, thank you, God. And sometimes when we let others in, we do get a vulnerability hangover, but that's the risk. That's the step of being known and supported and loved. Thanks for being such a good listening audience this morning. It's fun. Thanks for laughing with me, not at me. I appreciate that. Uh, we like to say God is good all the time. He's bigger and he's better and he's closer than you think. Have a fantastic week. See you next Easter. Who are you inviting? Who are you bringing with you? We hope to see you next Sunday.